Hello, funky listeners, and welcome to another episode of Funk Radio. This is your host, Kyle. And this is your host, Peter. And remember, listeners, we only exist while you're listening to Funk Radio. Every every other second that we're not actually recording ourselves talking, we just pop out of existence. Like... And actually, I suppose you cease to be listeners whenever you're not listening to Funk Radio. So really, all of this just falls apart, listeners, when you're not listening. So if you think about it, through the listener and us as podcasters, we are like our own universe that exists only in this moment in time. That is true. Every time you press play on an episode, it creates like a pocket universe. Yes. And um, yeah. Speaking of the universe, Kyle, do you want to tell us why that's a segue? That's a forced segue because we are going to talk about a show that both Peter and I basically binge-watched over this last week called Space Dandy. Uh, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about the anime Samurai Champloo. Yeah. And obviously all the music that went along with that. I mentioned passing in the show that there's a character in Samurai Champloo that's kind of an Elvis-style character. And I had said that he was based off of another anime uh, with a sort of Elvis-esque character that goes around space and does space shit. I had mistakenly said that that anime was uh, being referenced in Samurai Champloo, which came out in, what, what did we say, 2004? Yeah. We found out after the fact that it's actually kind of the other way around. There is an anime with an Elvis space character called Space Dandy that was developed by the same guy who did um, Samurai Champloo and Cowboy Bebop, whose name is... Shinichiro Watanabe. Yes. And we talked about him in, like a little bit in that Samurai Champloo episode as yes. the creator of that show, and like you said, he made this one too. But this one was about 10 years later. Yes, this one came out in 2014, exactly. So I got my facts all dippity-backwards... Which basically led us to be like, oh, okay, this show exists, let's watch it. Uh, it's yeah. really good. We binged it in like a week, separately. Yeah. And wh- we wanted to talk about the music on this show because it's probably just as good as, uh, in a different way, uh, as the music from Samurai Champloo. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, I mean, the show itself obviously is interesting enough for us to do an episode on it, but I think the story of how we kind of came into it is interesting too. Like you're saying, it was kind of by accident almost. Um, mm-hmm. because I, I certainly had never heard of it. Cause as we said in that last episode, my awareness of anime isn't that great. Um, but you at least knew that there was something else in that universe that <laughs> somewhat resembled what we were thinking, but obviously you yes. hadn't ever seen it either. So it was kind of cool for us both to be able to see it for the first time together. Mm-hmm. And I was just expecting to, you know, watch it and think, coming into it thinking, oh, this will just be some fun show, and then I'll move on. But I didn't realize that it was a very, like, music-heavy sort of show in terms of, like, Mm -hmm. the aesthetic of it. And so uh, I feel like that was such an enjoyable part of the show that I felt like it would almost be sacrilegious for us not to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And how in Samurai Champloo, we basically said that a lot of the aesthetic of the show is based on uh, hip-hop and rap music, I would argue that the aesthetic of this show 
is much more like 70s and 80s pop music with a little bit of disco yeah uh kind of thrown in kind of a little bit of r&b just kind of that like 70s and 80s era of aesthetic and music and even kind of what space travel and science fiction was kind of thought of to be in the 70s and 80s it's almost like a Mm, like a nostalgic version of um sci-fi uh retro futurism they call it thank you thank you that's that's the word i was not thinking of yeah so basically listeners i mean there's a pretty good chance if you're listening to this you have not heard of or seen this show and we'll get to that in a second but um you know the the basic log line of it is you know disco elvis doing shit through space that's kind of (laughs) you know how you would describe this show Space Dandy, he's a dandy guy in space. He combs the galaxy like his pompadour on the hunt for aliens. Planet after planet he searches, discovering bizarre new creatures both friendly and not. These are the spectacular adventures of Space Dandy and his brave space crew in space. So you were telling me before we started recording that uh, this is actually considered fairly obscure in the anime world. Yeah, in in digging into it a little bit, um, even among anime fans, this is more of a cult classic sort of anime. Not a lot of people have seen it, either because it's 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 a short anime. It's kind of obscure, even even by the standards of the guy that made Samurai Shampoo and stuff. Um, but despite being kind of obscure, I thought it was really good. It's similar to Samurai Champloo. It's, it's very self-contained. It's only 26 episodes. Yeah. Um, I think, um, uh, Cowboy Bebop was a similar length, right? Oh yeah. I think, I think that's kind of his shtick is he, whatever show he creates, it's a short form sort of show that, you know, doesn't go on and on and on like Dragon Ball or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very self-contained. Each episode, even more so than I would say Samurai Champloo, is kind of its own little, uh, uh, what's the, serialization, sort of, like, each story is, even though there is kind of an arc, sort of, uh, each episode is kind of its own (laughs) miniature story, so to speak. Yeah. I wonder, in in terms of it being somewhat obscure, I'm curious, because even, like, with some of, or at least his name attached to it, um, I'm not really obviously familiar with the other like producers of the show, but um, you would think that that in itself would give it some clout in terms of like people saying, "Oh yeah, these other ones that are commonly, you know, referred to as some of the better anime of all time." Um, mm-hmm. You'd think this one would, would, by extension, have you know a leg up in that sense, but you might offer some perspective here. But I think it's so oddball and funny and doesn't take itself seriously whatsoever that i wonder like does that is that something that doesn't appeal to more people that's what i was wondering is maybe the subject matter just wasn't as appealing to the original japanese audience maybe they're not fans of elvis i don't know um yeah that's a good point it could just be you know it you know it didn't strike with the initial audience so it didn't kind of get a wider uh i mean obviously it got wide enough that they were able to dub it into english but right. it didn't get like a wider recognition 
Um, I don't know. I don't know why it didn't wasn't super duper successful. Yeah. Um, it does say under on the Wikipedia page, I'm paraphrasing, that the series received generally positive reviews. Writer Alistair Wilkins of the AV Club gave Space Dandy a B plus, stating, "Quote: This is a proudly frivolous show." One that delights in its juvenile sense of humor and sneers at the very idea of an ongoing storyline. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the show is a surreal throwback to a bygone era of science fiction, like an old Flash Gordon serial or wacky Superman comic from the Silver Age. If the heroic protagonist were obsessed with butts and breasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty spot on. So getting into the, the topic of the music, I guess. So I actually found... This wasn't the only resource I used, but one resource I found was um, on Reddit, people had compiled basically a list of all the songs that were in each episode for the entire series. Oh, wow. And I mean, there's probably a good 10 to 15 songs that are featured in each episode out of 26 Mm -hmm. episodes. So do the math. Obviously, we're not going to talk about all the music from the show. But so I what I did was I picked out some of the more prominent ones and then also a few that I feel like hit on really like memorable moments from the show as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I picked uh, eight songs. So we'll try not to linger on any one of these for too long. Uh, we'll try to get through it in a reasonable amount of time. But um, I think, I think I picked a pretty good mix at least of, of some of the highlights and a good cross section of what you'd expect from the show. Cool. Let's just say now that we will be spoiling stuff. Because I think it's going to be hard not to. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, if anyone is interested in looking up the show and maybe watching it first, I would encourage you to just because it's a fun show. Um, if you have no interest in ever watching it and you just want to hear us talk, then great. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> so the uh, the first song I have my on my list is a song called Viva Namida by Yasuyuki Okamura. Um, and so this is obviously like this, the opening theme song of the show. Um, so the, the name Viva Namidia, um, is a mix of Spanish and Japanese, meaning long live tears. I, I guess if, before I get into, uh, who made the song, uh, let's go ahead and let's, let's open with playing a clip of it. What, what are your thoughts on this song, Kyle? Because I'm sure you've heard it plenty of times as you just yeah, watched the yeah. show. Yeah, the um, yeah, the opening animation of the show is pretty bizarre. Um, Very psychedelic. It's, <laughs> it's good. You can tell there's like a bit of an Elvis sort of vibe to it in parts. I mean, even th- down to the the name Viva, I assume is referencing like Viva Las Vegas, mm. kind of a, for the show overall. The funny thing is how much of like a superficial understanding of Elvis that the show seems to have, mm. but it just like splices little bits of everything of the Elvis persona in there from like the hairstyle to the obsession with like Hawaiian culture yeah. to almost like his, his later days in like the early seventies before he died when he kind of became like disco Vegas Elvis. <laughs> yeah. Um, something I said to you recently was that this was similar to Samurai Champloo. Um, this is another show where I ended up watching 
the full Steam song rather than skipping it for every episode. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the same. Uh, partially only because I was too lazy to press the skip button. Right. Uh, but the, yeah, the the song is really good. Um, the opening animation or whatever is really good and really bizarre. I think it sets the stage well for the like the, the tone of the show. Yeah, the animation. Yeah, it's does. very irreverent. Exactly. I I will say up front for all of the musicians that we'll be mentioning in this episode, um, none of them I really could find like a whole lot of stuff. Um, I mean, I'm also trying to keep things moving, so I'm not going to go into like an hour of shit about anybody. But some of these people, like I could find almost no evidence of them online. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll be keeping it brief for the most part with these people. So uh, Yasuyuki Okamura has been an active singer songwriter in Japan since the mid 80s. And through the 2000s, um, I guess he was, you know, between, you know, kind of spurts of doing music here and there. He was arrested multiple times for drug use of various different drugs. Basically, he was in and out of prison for a good portion of the 2000s. <laughs> and by 2011, I guess he began to kind of get back and more focused with his music. And he began to speak publicly about becoming fully sober. Mm. And a couple of years later, um, in 2013, he released this song, which was the first single that he had released in six years. Nice. Shortly thereafter, obviously, like, this show came out and it was used for the theme song. I couldn't pin down whether it was written for the show, but it's possible that it was. Yeah, it seems almost a little too on the nose to not have been. Um, right. Even down to the fact that it's called Long Live Tears and there's that shot of dandy crying stars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I fucking love that intro. <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, I would almost think you'd have to be on drugs to uh, envision this show, so. That's actually a really good point. Um, yeah, so it's entirely possible that it was written, because, like, the timing of it and the fact, like you said, it fits in pretty perfectly. It is entirely possible. I just didn't find it explicitly written out that it was. Mm-hmm. And what we'll see in throughout this episode is that, like, some songs were explicitly written for the show. Other ones didn't seem to be. So I think it was a mix of like original soundtrack sort of songs and stuff they just pulled from contemporary musicians in Japan. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I think that was kind of the same thing with Samurai Shampoo. I think there was a handful of songs that weren't specifically written for the show. They just fit well. Mm-hmm. So either some, some even were ones that were composed by Nujabes, uh right. that weren't necessarily composed for the show, but were just stuff he made that were like, hey, that sounds good. Yeah, so. that's that's a good connection too because it seems like I think they they must have taken a pretty similar approach to the music here. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the opening song. That's pretty fun. Um, so the next song I chose is called "Cosmic Adventure" by Mountain Mocha Kilimanjaro. <laughs> they seem to be a Japanese funk jazz band of six musicians, and they were active from the late two thousands into the early twenty tens, um, around the time that the show came out. In addition to this song that we're about to listen to, uh, I think 15 others by them were also used for the show. Oh, wow. I couldn't find, like, for example, like this song, I couldn't find it in their discography. So I'm wondering if they produced all those songs for the show. It's entirely possible. Yeah, especially considering the title, uh, Cosmic Adventure, obviously, about space. Yeah. 
So, yeah, they could have just been hired to kind of compose some of the music for the show. It's super funky, so Mm -hmm. it fits. Yeah, let's go ahead and listen to a little clip of this song, Cosmic Adventure. So, yeah, I, I think this is among kind of like the funkier music from the show. Um, not only the song necessarily, but just I, all of the music that they produce for the show. Mm-hmm. Definitely kind of gives that vibe of like straight up funk music. Um, yeah, for that sure. That you don't necessarily find from the other artists in this list. Um, but, you know, I think given how much music they did produce for the show, this song is a pretty good example of what a lot of at least the prominent music sounds like. Yeah. And that's just, that's what's so interesting about the show. It melds like funk music with disco with sort of almost like city pop Japanese music. Like we've talked about before on the show Mm -hmm. and it's, it's all very retro, but it's, it's interesting how all those different retro genres are kind of melded together within the show. Yeah. It's interesting for sure. So this song originally appeared in episode three. This is the theme tune of what was called the Hawaii Yankee, which is basically a a smaller mech robot that comes out of his ship, the Aloha Oi. Mm -hmm. And they use this a handful of times in the show. Is this the first time that you see the mech robot in the show? I believe so. After it transforms to defeat the giant weird alien that's made of things we won't discuss <laughs> um oh is that what episode this was that actually i might think be so, i think so i think that's the first time you see the yeah 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 it was a booby monster listeners <laughs> yeah i can't believe we've gone this far without talking about boobies the restaurant or excuse me the restaurant as they called it <laughs> there's a restaurant in the show that apparently is a chain that Dandy likes to frequent that is sort of a 50s style diner. It's mixed with Hooters. Yeah, it's exactly. In it's space. like if you mix Denny's with Hooters in space and it's <laughs> called Boobies and it literally looks is a space station that looks like a pair of boobs. This is the show that we're dealing with, listeners. Mm-hmm. So the next song is called Hoshikuzu No Pipeline by... Junk Fujiyama, maybe Junk. I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah. So, Kyle, to give you a little bit of um, context, this is from that episode where they were on that planet where, like, the guy wearing the pants was fighting against the guy wearing the vest. Oh yeah, that I got it. I got to admit that wasn't one of my favorite episodes. It was just weird. Yeah, and there's a handful of those in the show <laughs> that I would describe that way. But at the end of that episode, again, we're spoiling this, but um, they basically explode the planet that they're both living on. Mm -hmm. Um, And as he's surfing through space, it plays this song. And I found it, that was kind of a funny scene, so. Oh, yeah, because he has like that rocket surfboard. And at the beginning of the episode, uh, his robot QT uh, was making fun of him for not being able to actually use it and just like being a poser. Yeah. I forgot, we haven't talked about QT or Meow yet. Oh, yeah. Um, His companions. So alongside Dandy on his spaceship, which is called the Aloha Oi, which 
it's funny. It's like a bright yellow spaceship with like a Hawaiian girl painted on the side, kind of like they used to do on the old World War II planes. Mm-hmm. Um, he has two companions with him. Uh, QT, which is like a old robot that looks like a vacuum that apparently is like a much older model robot within the universe and is uh, self-conscious about it. Yeah. And then Meow, who I think he meets in like the first or second episode, who is this sort of cat or ferret-like alien that's uh, from, he says he's a Beetlejuicean, and he basically is a cat, but he keeps saying he's not a cat, so so yeah. Dandy just calls him Meow. Yeah. Yeah, so those are his companions, listeners. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and listen to a clip of, the, of this song, and then I will stop slurring my words and we can talk about it. <laughs> I think this song makes me laugh just because, like, it's it it, it presents. I mean, I, I assume this is one they just kind of grabbed for the show. They didn't actually like write it for this scene, mm-hmm. um, but it, it makes me laugh because I think I think some of the funnier parts of this show are when they either use a song that would normally be used for like a serious for 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 a setting that would take itself seriously, but mm-hmm. obviously Space Dandy never does that. Yeah. So it just the the juxtaposition of that just always makes me laugh for some reason yeah i feel like i feel like the music does that well in the show a lot where the music kind of juxtaposes what's going on in the scene by being so different in tone than what it's underpinning that it it kind of adds to the the comedic nature of whatever scene that it's in Mm -hmm. so this is definitely a good example of that because yeah it's this sort of city bop sort of 80s uh sounding soundtrack that's playing while a guy is surfing away from an exploding planet through space. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, So the next song is called White House um, by a Japanese rock band called Ogre You Asshole, in all caps. (laughs) That seems like a bad English translation. This is... I, I picked this song because it is such a detraction from... Uh, the general tone of the show. Mm-hmm. So this is from the episode where he's, um, where he basically, uh, he died and he's in limbo uh, on the, the that planet limbo or whatever it was. Oh um, yeah. It, it, the, the music is kind of cool too, but uh, in like a different way from what we've talked about so far, but I mm-hmm. wanted to highlight it partially for itself, but also to have a little bit of a discussion about that episode as well. That episode was fucking trippy as shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and listen to this clip. So this song White House was used at the end, uh, the, the final scene into the credits. It's interesting because it has almost that sort of, I know I use this word a lot, ethereal sound of like almost doo-wop music from the 50s. Oh, yeah, it does do that. You're right. So this this band, Ogre, you asshole, 
their music doesn't appear in any other episode, but this episode features five of their songs. Hmm. Um, so it was like they wanted, they found this band who had music like really in the tone of the specific episode. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of musically led this, this episode. So I found that pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, so w- with that episode, I, I, I guess I found it one of the more memorable ones simply because uh, not, not necessarily because like, Oh, it was so funny or it was so great because like in some ways it was kind of forgettable almost or yeah. boring or slow, however you want to call it. But I think it was it's one of the more memorable ones to me simply because the tone and everything about it was is so different from the rest of the show. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, it definitely stuck out in sort of that way. It kind of more quietly follows Dandy on this uh, limbo planet, if I'm remembering it correctly, and just kind of him slowly accepting the fact that he's died. Mm-hmm. And obviously, this isn't the last episode of the show, listeners. But you know, you know, it, it, it's an episodic show, so obviously, he's going to come back. But um, I, I think just the seriousness of that subject matter and the way that they approached it is like the complete opposite of Space Dandy as we know it. And I, yeah. I'm sure they did that on purpose um, to kind of really hit home a point or to make it one of the more profound episodes in that way, I guess. Yeah, and I noticed that it's one of the few episodes where instead of having the normal credit scene, they have like a specialized one that kind of highlights almost like more aesthetic, almost looks like concept art from the episode or something. Yeah, yeah. I'll admit it it wasn't one of the most memorable ones for me because I think it was so out of left field. I was just like, okay. (laughs) No, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say like, oh, that's my favorite episode or anything, but I just thought it was sort of interesting. Yeah, yeah, Um, and the, the... animation style of it was uh pretty yeah. different too even for the show i did i wonder if of, they brought in like guest animators or something for that episode I, I was gonna say that's one thing i noticed especially because the show at least in the way we watched it was kind of split up into two seasons even though it's kind of one long show yeah and i did notice that certain episodes had very specific sort of drawing and animation styles that mm. are distinct from each other so yeah, it kind of makes me wonder if like they just handed off certain episodes to different animators and just said go wild. Yeah. Well, and really I feel like this show for how frenetic it is, like this is almost one of the perfect shows to do that with because yeah. the style is so all over the place and so psychedelic and colorful and constantly moving and all that stuff, you know? Like it's mm-hmm. almost it almost lends itself to experimentation by different people to interpret it in slightly different ways. Yeah. So going back, going back to a song that I would say more closely represents Space Dandy as a whole uh, is a song called Space Dandy <laughs> by uh, someone na- named uh, Zen La Rock. I couldn't find much on him. Like he has like a SoundCloud page, <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. he appears to be like, an, an independent rap artist who blends elements of hip hop and dance or like disco music. Or house mm. music, which is sort of an interesting mix that you surprisingly don't hear that much. Yeah, yeah, true. Which, uh, I, I like that mixture, though, and, it, and it's pretty cool. Let's listen to a short clip of the song called Space Dandy. <laughs> Dandy. 
Is this the weird ass episode with the golden black guy disco dude? Yeah. Yeah, so this is from that episode where half of the episode is just them like in like a dance off. Yeah, like competing dancing through space. And it's even more ridiculous than what I'm describing, listeners. Uh, but yes, this is exactly what that song is from. And it's featured yeah. kind of multiple times throughout that episode as they keep kind of going back to that dance off. Yeah, they were like looking for like a, a, a. Oh, I guess one thing we kind of forgot to talk about on the show is what the hell Dandy does. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess we didn't mention that. So for, I guess the thing that kind of connects all the episodes together in some way is Dandy's job is i guess he's a rare alien hunter so he finds aliens that haven't been sort of cataloged so to speak or registered and he either through kidnapping them or convincing them to come he has them registered with like some sort of alien registry i guess so he basically goes around the universe or galaxy whatever and hunts for aliens that other people have never seen before yeah and in this episode they're looking for an alien called like a dancerian or something oh yeah and they think that that one alien who, I, I can't even describe him without sounding ridiculous, but it's like a disco-looking black guy, except he's made of gold, and he has a gigantic afro. And he's in space. And he's in space. <laughs> and it's so weird. Yeah. And he ends up having like a dance-off with Dandy, of like, who's the better dancer or whatever, and it's just... I, I can't even describe that episode. It was so bizarre. I remember texting you just like, I didn't realize how much I needed to see this. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's good. And I feel like this song was perfectly made uh, for this episode as well. And for the show in general, I feel like because it's very disco, but it's also, you know, fairly hard hitting and it's just a lot of fun. Very. Yeah. So the next song uh, is one called I'm Losing You uh, by BTB. Now, I don't know. I can't really find much of anything about BTB. Uh, so I don't know if it's like a person or if it's a band, but we'll say they're a band. So, uh, from what I can tell, they were they're part of an independent Japanese record label called Pan Pacific Playa. Hmm. Uh, at least one of the label's other artists um, called Love Raw also had some music featured on this show. And I think there was actually one song that I didn't feature here that was uh, a combination between the two of them. I was going to say, I, I know this, I know the song you're referencing here, but there's a handful of songs in the show that use that sort of vocoder style singing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that kind of is supposed to emulate like robotic sounds or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I know we've talked about Chromio uses it a lot. Um, uh, uh, we actually did an episode a while back that was like the history of vocoders and all that. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. About, the, yeah, the different styles of like voice augmentation that was used back then. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I know I know the song and I dig it. And this is the, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the episode where QT falls in love with a coffee maker? Um, it's actually not. Um, but there oh. was a very similar song by, I think that might have been the one where they teamed up, those two. Oh, artist. okay, okay, okay. I yeah. think that was the song, but it sounds very similar. And that was from that episode. Um, okay. There was actually a couple of good songs from that episode that I almost featured, but it, just for sake of time, I ended up that, cutting it out. That whole episode 
I mean, not to go off on a tangent, that yeah. whole episode was so good. I mean, for not to spoil it, I guess, but whatever. Basically, the robot QT ends up falling in love with this appliance that is a AI coffee maker. And I guess on this particular planet, um, a, pl- a lot of appliances uh, are have like sort of artificial intelligence chips in them, basically making them feeling living robots. So... QT falls in love with the with the coffee maker, but then because of that, the coffee maker is deemed like uh, like deficient or something. And there's this like barge island that all of the deficient appliances that you know either develop self awareness or uh, what's the word go against their uh, intended programming or use uses are put on this island as like sort of the island of misfit toys. And yeah, basically. I don't know why that whole episode reminded me so much of the Brave Little Toaster, um, that old eighties uh, yeah animated movie we we've talked about before on the show. I but yeah, I loved that episode. It was so wow, it was so bizarre. And actually, since you're mentioning that, and I I went and grabbed the song really quick, so we can actually listen to that one first. Um, oh, sorry. No, you know, you're <laughs> okay. Right. I think it's worth mentioning. Sounds good. So let's listen. So this song is called Anatato by Love Raw and BTB and let's listen to a clip of this one. Yeah, I, I think that's actually was that was one of my favorite episodes of the show. Yeah, really good song, and and, and it's and it, it, I found it so interesting how the song even played off the fact that they were robots because it kind of has this sort of robotic sound to it. I thought that was creative. Yeah, I, I noticed that as well, and I felt that was a pretty interesting uh, usage of like a vocoder or yeah, whatever. Um, exactly. So I guess in a similar vein, um, this other song "I'm Losing You" by BTB uses a similar style. Like I said a minute ago, they sound pretty similar. Mm. This is actually from the second to or no, not the second to last one of the last episodes um, where Dandy and Scarlet are uh, fake dating. Oh, this episode made me so fucking sad. This was like probably the episode that stood out the most to me in the entire show because of how sad it yeah. made me. Yeah. So um, you so you mentioned that he is an alien hunter. Um, mm-hmm. or looking for rare aliens, whatever. So at the registration center where he goes and sees like, hey, can I get money for this? Um, the woman who works there, who's like a hard ass, is named Scarlet, I believe. And mm-hmm. uh, but in, that, in, in this episode, toward the end of the show, she basically needs Dandy to pose as her boyfriend to kind of like make her ex jealous and stop stalking her. Um, mm-hmm. But throughout... I think it's a week or so, however long they're, they're supposedly together. Um, you know, they start out being like annoyed with each other. That's like a contract. But then over time, I think they start to warm up to each other. And this song was what they played toward the end in the scene, probably the scene that made you sad. Um, yes. When they had gone their separate ways and then they realized like, oh, we should be together. And then they both try to go find the other, but they can't. And then they kind of give up. And it's, uh, I, I feel like this was one of the most profound scenes in the show by far. Yeah. This whole scene, I was just like, God damn it. <laughs> like it's, it's weird because like they didn't do a whole lot to build up their, 
relationship throughout the show, but the how, how much they built it up in that episode and yeah. the whole idea that to, at the end, like they both realize they want to be together, but and and she's she's waiting at like a cafe or something, and he's running to try to meet her before she leaves, but then like in a in mere seconds they just end up missing each other. Yeah. And trying to look for each other, but just kind of like being literally like seconds away from, you know, actually being able to meet. It's, I don't know. It was really sad. Yeah. And I don't so, like, I don't like unrequited love stories. <laughs> well, I think that's kind of why it like was impactful, you know, to me too, is because like it, it in with, in a scene that didn't have any dialogue, it just had the song that we're going to listen to in a second. It kind of, in a microcosm told the story of how you know there's so in, in the universe there's so many different opportunities for people who could be you know together romantically but like they just miss each other by you know uh, circumstances you know and it's just it, it's a sad way to see that happening in real time i guess and yeah it it, it kind of just represents the, oppor- the the opportunities for love that could happen but then don't not not by necessarily circumstances of the people in that relationship but just because circumstances out of their control yeah in that sense it's uh it's sad and that scene kind of stressed me out but it's also probably one of my favorite scenes from the show (laughs) yeah it's one of the best scenes but one of the most stressful scenes because it's one of the more emotional scenes of the uh yeah it's funny the the episodes that stand out to me the most are the ones where are the episodes where they actually make Dandy seem like an emotional human being and not just a caricature. Yeah. Like that episode, the episode where he's like helping that weird little girl that has the oh yeah ability to like put him into a penguin or something. Yeah. Uh, those episodes stand out the most because it kind of humanizes him. And it's funny because I, I feel like the reason I like Space, Space Dandy, the character and the show, is because it's so ridiculous and fun. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like we need a little bit of these couple of these episodes scattered throughout that kind of like humanize him a bit and yeah. kind of pull us back into reality a little bit. Yeah, um, and exactly. I think having that mix um, makes it pretty interesting. Cause I think if the show didn't have any episodes like this, it would still be fun, but it would kind of be like, all right, well I'm not going to probably remember that. It, it, exactly. It would be fun, but you wouldn't be as emotionally invested in the main character. So it's like whatever yeah. goofy stuff happens to him. It's almost like, He's like a Tom and Jerry type character. It's just like, okay, that's yeah. funny, but I don't care if he lives or dies. Right. So. So um, with all of that buildup, uh, let's go ahead and listen to this uh, song called I'm Losing You. So the next song is um, actually uh, the ending theme song for most of the episodes. Um, there's There are a few handful of exa- examples, like we mentioned earlier, that have their own, like an episode has its own individual ending song. But for, for the most of the episodes, um, they have kind of the typical sign-off um, ending theme song. Um, yeah. And I don't know how to pronounce this, but it's something like X Yigen Koso, something like that. It's Japanese listeners. Um, the English translation is Welcome to Dimension X. And it's by someone named Etsuko Yakushimaru. 
for, for sake of Japanese people on Earth, it would be a good thing if I never made it to Japan. Because I'd be standing <laughs> on the street reading s- words by their individual syllables. And people are like, what the hell is wrong? Nichiwa. <laughs> so before I talk about it, uh, let's listen to a little clip of this. I like this song because it stands out so much from a lot of the other music. It's so light and bouncy. Yeah. Um, and not really retro. Kind of sounds kind of modern. Yeah, it's kind uh, of. It almost sounds like it could. It could be the theme song to like a kid show or something. Um, yeah, yeah. And it, it's definitely got that disco vibe to it, though. Mm-hmm. So Etsuko uh, Yakushimaru, listeners, um, she's a Japanese pop singer who. Interestingly, it's not only pretty active in the music scene, but also uh, she also pursues other things like art and literature and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so she kind of has a broad range of things that she does. This song that we just heard a clip from, it seems to have been written for the show. I, I'm not going to read the lyrics translated because it's kind of broken English, but essentially um, the lyrics reference someone named Everett and they talk about things like many worlds and parallel lines and multiple dimensions, which are all kind of themes that are touched on in the show. And yeah. I wanted to get into this a little bit because um, according to the Space Dandy fandom wiki, which was far less helpful overall than I was expecting it to be, um, yeah. one good tidbit I did find from them was that they said that um, someone named Hugh Everett the Third was an American physicist who first proposed the many worlds interpretation, which is basically a theory that posits that all possible outcomes are physically realized in some world or universe. A, a different way of saying that is that anything physically possible that could happen has happened in some universe or another. So there's you know parallel universes and all that. Yeah, admit like there's literally trillions if not more universes that represent each individual choice made in a point in time exactly and part part of i think there from what i I didn't go too deep into it but it seemed like there were different variations on kind of the multiple universes theory but his Mm -hmm. was more anchored in the idea that everything that happens in reality is the direct result of like a cause effect sort of thing um Mm -hmm. so every choice like you said every choice we make splits us off onto a different path and every parallel universe to us is, you know, any given choice was made differently. This kind of offers an in-universe explanation as to why a lot of the story elements throughout the show aren't, like, consistent, um, like, mm-hmm. in terms of continuity. And why, you know, in a normal serialized cartoon show, no one really questions why there's no, like, continuity from week to week. Yeah. In this show, it's it kind of pushes that to the edge of logic because like literally at the end of the first episode the pilot they all explode and die (laughs) but in the second episode they're just back like as if nothing happened and like they never mention it again but so toward the end of the show um they start getting into more of the idea of like multiple universes and all that yeah and so it actually interestingly adds a new explanation as to why they don't necessarily remember things from episode to episode because it could be that each episode takes place in a different parallel universe. 
they kind of explored that a little bit even in that one episode with the multiple um with the space thread or whatever that they kept pulling on where there was like oh yeah different versions of the dandy crew that in different universes that were sort of different caricatures of him but all vastly different yeah that's actually a good point i almost forgot about that episode but in that one they definitely mention it i know in the last episode they get into that a bit at the very end of the show so anyway that that's a fun song yeah um so the last song i want to talk about um is one called space fun club and uh this is by zen la rock who we mentioned uh, a little bit earlier in the episode um featuring someone named robo chew and literally, I could find almost no traces of RoboChu's existence on the internet. So hmm. uh, I don't know if I'm just bad at Googling or... But anyway, um, so Zen La Rock, like I said, we did play one of his songs earlier. This is the only other song of his on the show. This song, Space Fun Club, is used in the series finale ending theme. So this mm-hmm. is one of the rare instances where they use a different song for the the end. So yeah, uh, credits. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's listen to a clip of this song. I don't know why, but the chorus of this song reminds me of the Donkey Kong song. (laughs) Huh, I'd have to go back and listen to that one for comparison, I guess. I think it's called like the Donkey Kong rap or something. It was featured in the oh, N64. That song. It's like DK, <laughs> Andy, something, something. I don't know why the the like the beat is the same. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I felt this song was pretty fun. Uh, it's it, it, like his other work. Um, it's kind of hip hop and disco fused together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I felt like it was a good upbeat song, and it still had the kind of the general vibe of space dandy and it was a good kind of a good song to end on i think mm-hmm. yeah no the, the the ending of the show I, mean, I, I won't spoil it i guess but it's super fucking bizarre but at the same time makes so much sense within the show mm-hmm. yeah um, i get yeah i guess of, for all the other stuff we spoiled we won't say what happens at the end but i think it ended in the most space dandy way possible um, yeah which yeah. is hilarious <laughs> yeah so overall yeah overall as a show i mean would you consider this to be like a must watch anime or where would you categorize this one that's that's a tough question i mean i don't know if it's like oh my god you have to watch this before watching any other anime it's more one of those anime where it's like if you liked samurai shampoo this is definitely the next step but do i think it's like you know if you've never seen anime before is this like in the top five that you should watch to get into watching anime not necessarily (laughs) Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, not not coming from the perspective of someone who knows the whole catalog of anime, but just looking at it for more of itself. I think it was a lot of fun. And I think when I first started watching it, it didn't hook me quite right away. I think because, like I saw it and I appreciated it for being so ridiculous. But for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I was like, I, I don't I think I saw it as kind of being one dimensional almost in that way. And it wasn't until yeah. the later episodes, especially in the second season, where it started to kind of show its deeper side that I started to appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, I, I got fairly hooked in by like the fourth or fifth episode. But yeah, at first I thought it was just like, oh, this is just so weird, irreverent yeah. anime. But the handful of episodes, like I was saying before, that kind of humanize the main character of Dandy 
kind of sucked me into the show more because it's just like, okay, this guy's not just like a Elvis mm-hmm. archetype goofball, you know, he has feelings and yeah. stuff. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't categorize this as a must watch necessarily unless you really like this sort of like humor. I think it's I think it's great and I, I would definitely watch it again. Um, and I would recommend it to at least certain types of people. Um, yeah. But yeah, like like you said, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say this is like, you know, top five anime of all time or anything like that. No, no. It's it's definitely a show to watch if you're into sci-fi though, um, and you just yeah. like sci-fi. If you like Futurama and shit like that, you'd probably like this show. I, I I did feel vibes of Futurama now and then as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it's a really good show. I just wouldn't categorize it as good because it's an anime. It's just yeah. a good show. You know. So um, I I feel like we did a pretty uh pretty solid. Over overview of the music obviously like we said there's so much more music that's used in the show these are kind of just some of the highlights um and there's a lot of episodes we didn't even mention of the show um so if you want to watch it you can i think it's on hulu maybe uh i watched it on funimation i think you're right i think it's also on hulu um i i watched it on funimation because they had the english dub i don't think hulu does if i remember right oh you're i think you're right I think you're right. Um, so yeah, uh, if you have Funimation, yeah, I think you can get you can get it for free to watch stuff online. It's just there's ads and stuff. Yeah, I right? I did the free trial of the paid version because that's how I could watch the English version. Um, yeah, I think you're I think you're right. I think the non-paid version locks you out of certain dubs of stuff, whereas then paying yeah. for it unlocks it or whatever. I don't know. Um, but yeah, if you can find a way to watch it, watch it. Otherwise, I don't know. Um, Otherwise, don't watch it, listeners. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear us talk about other nerdy shit, uh, you can find all of our episodes on our website at getyourfunk.com. Um, if you want to talk to us directly, you can contact us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash getyourfunk. Tell us if there's any other weird-ass sci-fi anime we should watch. I don't know. Um, so yeah, this has been your never ending space dandy, baby, Kyle. And, and this has been your, um, what have I been listeners? Uh, fuck. I'm Peter. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.